Let's go. Let's go. Here we go. We got a great show today. Let's go. We're going to bring in not only Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald, my partners, but we got the great Steve Young and John Elway as we get ready to talk about the Super Bowl. Have a great time. Our program is brought to you by Delta Airlines. At Delta, we know that making it to the playoffs is not the end of the journey. You need resilience and perseverance to keep climbing toward that goal line. Visit Delta.com to book your next adventure. And Mr. Brady, as we start with you today. Oh, God. It was was a great adventure. You shot an 81. But nobody's remembering the 81. What they're remembering is what has now been watched on national television and all throughout social media. Oh, God. And, And you know what? You're human. You're like the rest of us. You have seven wow. Super Bowls, and you're going to show off those rings. But guess what? You're the everyman. Everybody can I relate. I had actually I got a lot of text messages after one round of golf that I played my entire life, and it was after hitting such a horrible <laughs> tee shot on the second hole of Pebble. Butch Harmon texts me, and he goes, "The last thing you can do is top a ball on you know, and it go four feet on national TV. It will live forever." And I said, "Oh God, thanks. I'm hearing from Butch." So thanks, Butch, for that, and along with everyone else who have had to suffer, like uh, Bubba Watson texted me. My my playing partners were laughing. I was ready to snap my club in half and 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 you know go after people that were, you know, within earshot of me. It was John Elway's coming on with us, and here's what he had to say about that shot. Oh God, Tom, a couple of questions. Number one, I'd like to say you look tremendous. You were well dressed, and you know, most of. The second thing, though, is I want to know what happened on that T-ball. <laughs> you almost missed it. <laughs> you know what? For for like 185 club mile per hour club head speed, to hit the ball six feet is actually pretty impressive. So <laughs> get out there and try that. It's a trick shot. <laughs> trick shot. You can't. Not anybody can just do that. That's a hard thing to do. You guys know putting your. Putting your golf game on public display, I mean, here you've thrown for Super Bowl touchdowns, you've run the ball, you've played in front of hundreds of millions of people, billions of people. Why is this so hard? I I mean, why is this so nerve-wracking? Wait, wait, hold on. First of all, it's hard for Tiger Woods. Golf is hard for Phil Mickelson. Golf is hard for Rory McIlroy. So why should it not be hard for us? And it's fun, and I love practicing and playing, but there is a part of me when I get out there in those events, and it all is good until the day you get there, and then you go, why did I sign up for this? Why am I paying? <laughs> not, only, not only am I not getting paid to do it, I'm paying to do it. There were times, Tom, when I was playing with Matt Kuchar, I'm like, Matt, I swear to you, man, I am an athlete. I promise. I know it doesn't look like it, but I, I guarantee you I've got athletic ability. Just trust me on this. <laughs> Any highlights, Tom? I, I have one highlight, seven, at Pebble on the little short, that famous one. I never birdied it before. So that was my that was my one no way. game on the next yeah. By the way, that folks, the that's the great Steve Young, Super Bowl MVP, 49ers. <laughs> that's Hanging that's out. the voice you're hearing right there. Let's Go is brought to you by Mastro's Steakhouse. A trip to Mastro's is a culinary adventure. Experience the good life with handcrafted cocktails, exceptional steaks, and the finest seafood. Visit Mastro's.com for locations and reservations. And congratulations to our main man, Tom Tillman Fertitta. Got a brand new Miami, a Miami Mastro's on Biscayne Boulevard. So one close by you now. 
Awesome. So, Steve, you asked for my highlight. This is actually pretty great. So my highlight of my trip to Pebble, I stayed at my friend Bill Paraki's house, and Bill was the CEO of Pebble Beach oh, Company. Please, trust me. Bill has worn me out with Patriot <laughs> lore. He's one of my favorite people it's in the, the world. Best. So the he, he, I, I stayed at his house, and he's a member at a, at a, at a Cypress, which is right. a, obviously Gordon. great. And it's, it's 50 yards to driving range. So every at 6.30 on Thursday morning and Friday morning, I was able to go out and hit balls there nice. at Cypress. And I was hitting it so good. I was like, this is unbelievable. I don't want to leave. I don't want to go play. I just want to hit balls here. Then I went back to his house. His wife, Nancy, made me breakfast. And then the problem was I told both of them, I said, guys, the rest of my day is now ruined. The best part of my day is over. Now i got to go out and play golf. Yeah. How is Bill handling the departure of his best buddy, Bill Belichick? I know, you know, tough, I think, for all Patriot fans. But, you know, uh, you know, every team is going through changes, and Bill knows it, too. And Bill's, I, I joke, because Bill is the only person ever allowed in staff meetings the night before championship games. I mean, Bill was, like, honestly, like, one of our one of our coaches. And it, whenever Bill would come around, because Bill's from Lawrence, Massachusetts, huge Patriot fan. I've known him for over 20 years. And uh, we joked all the time, like, whenever Bill would show up, you know, I knew it was a big game because, you know, Bill's in town for the game and he's walking around the facility and talking to the coaches and we called him Big Game Bill. And I said he used to come, Bill Brocky used to come to, uh, you know, quite a few guys. He, in like 2003, 2004, he'd come to like the Cleveland Brown Patriot game. And I joked later in his career, he'd only come to like Colts Patriots or it's the AFC Championship game. You know, he, he laughed. Though. He said, oh, no, it wasn't like that. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Hey, Tommy, on a serious note, are you surprised Bill Belichick hasn't gotten a job in this cycle? I'm not one to hire. You know, I don't I, I don't know the criteria for hiring these guys, for hiring coaches. You know, I have never been a part of it. I mean, I'm surprised that the greatest coach ever doesn't have a job. You know, absolutely. But, you know, I'm surprised a lot of things in the NFL. I'm surprised when I was a free agent. There was a lot of teams that, that didn't want me. I'm you know, surprised that Steve Young started in the USFL and went to Tampa. I'm, su- I'm, I'm surprised that Tampa traded Steve Young to the 49ers. There's a lot of things that happen that, you know, for one reason or another, don't go exactly the way, you, you know, you think they should go. Steve, you know, you played for a couple of guys who we thought were old at the time, <clears throat> and George Seifert. But George Seifert was 49 to 56 years of age when he coached you at the 49ers. Bill Walsh was 48 to 57 years old. Um, and we thought that was old back then. We looked at him, and, and they looked much older, and, and I guess we had the feeling that they were older coaches. But yeah. do you think the game's just kind of moving away from this, uh, moving away from these guys because these younger guys are more relatable to the players who are now coming through? Look at Mike McDaniel. He's now the prototype coach. With his culottes and uh, and you know dancing around <laughs> practice and having funny things to say and how he manages the people, players love him. They want to play for him. He's smart. He's innovative. Offensive innovation is the name of the game. So everyone's trying to get somebody out of the 49ers, someone out of the Rams, someone out of the Chiefs that can come be a head coach because that's that's the game today. It's wide open. Tom and I have talked about this many times. The change in the rules. It's now you know a game for uh, innovative young minds. Andy Reid continues to be relevant because he keeps diving back into being a, a you know an innovative young mind. I mean, this last couple of weeks, these you know, right now in their game plan, I guarantee he's come up with something really funny, cool, get the guys excited, something unique, interesting for them to get the ball in space, um, help them out, and so um, it's not passing people by if you don't want it to. But any defensive coach, I think it's a more difficult time because it used to be, hey, we're going to build. 
ferocious defense, we're going to win a Super Bowl. I don't think that's the case anymore. You're going to have to have one of these big, you know, athletic quarterbacks that can run around, throw it over the field, and then use the innovation, the space that's been built by defense, you know, with the new rule changes. And it's going to be kind of an offensive-minded league. And so defensive coaches who want to be head coaches, it's harder. It doesn't mean it can't happen. It's just harder. Yeah. Steven, your first MVP season, I think Mike Shanahan was your coordinator. Yep. Yep. And he was young and innovative, obviously. Yep. Were there similarities that you ran in your when you were playing with what Kyle does when you recognize the thing that Kyle tries to do? 100%. Uh, wow. Kyle the other day. Oh. Kyle, the, the, they do not fall for, you know, doesn't, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree with these two. They're yeah. Very similar. I mean, Mike Shanahan in 1992 was, he, 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 he understood the West Coast offense and what it was trying to do. And then he wanted to use it to create opportunity for everybody in space, like the same kind of idea. And what's ha- what happened is he would walk into a, a Wednesday installation meeting and uh, he would just say, these linebackers, for, you know, whatever team we're playing, they're terrible. And we're going to beat them like a dead horse. And here's the five plays that we're going to run and we're going to run them until they stop. And then here's the five more we're going to answer back. And then he would go call them. That's a lot, a lot of great innovative minds can't call plays. Uh, on the weekend, they 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 panic. Yeah. They they try to get too conservative. Like Mike was aggressive. He was innovative. He was he he, he was he was pissed, and he was gonna he was gonna take names. And so that's the way we played. I remember before the Super Bowl in 1994, we were going. I always called Mike. Let's go over it again, Shanahan. And uh, and so we're going over <laughs> we're going over it again. Like you know how it is for the Super Bowl. You know this very well, Tom. Because you did it so many times. This uh, these big blocks of time in the pregame especially in the halftime so pregame he's going over it again we're going over again i'm like i can't go over it again i just i can't we're done yeah and he goes you're right you're ready we're gonna throw eight touchdowns and i'm just laughing i'm like that's a stupid thing to say because no i'm serious so then at <laughs> halftime we have four and he turns to me and he says i told you but that's my only mike would say that in pregame say that at <laughs> halftime and then the game's out of hand, so I come out of the game with six. I go to talk to him on the on the phone. You know, hey Mike, amazing season, great. You know, he's like, get back in the game. There's two more, <laughs> and he wants to get the eight. And I always say, if you want six touchdowns in the Super Bowl, you got to go for eight. But that's Mike, and that's Kyle. With yeah. when, if Kyle has somebody who can process, and that's why he and Brock, despite his age and youth, Brock is a great processor. And yeah. Tom, you know that in the end, whether I run around. Or whether I don't run around, whether I'm staying in the pocket or whatever it is, the job, the fundamental job of championship football is in the pocket, processing, calling the play, running the play, and getting it to somebody like Indiana Jones, finding the right spot to deliver the football, even for a three-yard check down to keep things moving. That's championship football. Let's Go is brought to you by Chevron. Chevron's putting together a strong game plan for the energy transition. They're deploying carbon capture technology while aiming to increase their production of renewable fuels. That's energy in progress. That's Chevron. Tom, you could have picked anybody to be your hero. Yeah. And you've said your dad was your hero, and that's normal and natural. But your sporting hero was this guy, Steve Young. Yeah. What was it that you saw? Because you didn't know him. This was all from afar. Yeah. then he exceeds that in real life when you get to know him and become a contemporary. But why did you choose him? I was in San Mateo 
you know, as the biggest 49er fan and I loved football and he was leading the championship team, you know, week in and week out. And just the way that he held himself and his style of play, he did so many things I could never do. And even in high school, I looked up to admire, but it was the most impactful time in my life as a young athlete was watching him play. And I just loved how his teammates embraced it after he won the Super Bowl and how, you know, all of his teammates would embrace him and, and, and the relationships that he had with all those guys and him and Jerry and Ronnie and, and Harris Barton and, and, you know, so many of the guys that were part of those championship teams. And then afterward, getting to meet him and know him for the past 20 years and just, you know, see the kind of person he is, a man of integrity and just a wonderful human being. It's got all the right priorities. And, and like I said, you know, you meet these people that in your life and you go, man, I want to be like him. And I think Steve was an athletic idol of mine where I looked up to him certainly as an athlete early on. But then beyond that, you know, I said, I want to be like that when I'm, when I'm older too, you know, and when I'm, when I'm retired and in the success that he's had in his post career, not only in media, but in business and everybody loves Steve, everybody that's around him loves Steve because he's just a wonderful person. So. And Steve, uh, when you hear that the impact that you had on somebody you didn't know and what Tommy has now achieved on and off the field, how does that hit you? I mean, it, it, it's, it hits at a place of, um, like my whole life, I wanted to pay it forward for the people that inspired me. You know what I mean? I wanted to pay it forward for, you know, even Roger Staubach, who was my, my hero. Like I, I, I he was a guy that I, I wanted to talk like Roger. I wanted to hold the ball like him. I wanted to, you know, and so it's like, whenever Tom mentions me, I think, my hell, that's amazing to me that, that, that I could have an impact and be a part of that story. And, and I'm honored to be a part of that story. Tom's story is is we all know that story. And so for me, I, I, I find myself, he, he the guys we're down in Pebble beach that he spoke last Wednesday morning at a business conference and mentioned me a couple of times. And people just said, you can't imagine uh, what Tom said. And I thought, dang, man, I mean, I'm just so amazed that I could have that kind of impact. And I love the idea that that's possible and, uh, and could be useful. And, and, you know, and I guess I, what I'm saying is I'm paying it forward for the people who inspired me to be decent human being and, and to try to and, and be tough minded and never give an inch and and take every challenge and never, never, you know, uh, uh, allow somebody to kind of try to define you. And, you know, and then I watch Tom do it. And he does it over and over and over. And over. I'm like, dang, man, I, uh, I, 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 I can't keep up. But uh, it's very, 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 very meaningful to me. And Tom, I, I can't thank you enough for that. Steve, it's always great to have you on. You yeah, bring a thanks, lot man. to the public. You. you bring a lot to us, and we're grateful for you. All right, let's go play golf. Just <laughs> chill. We don't have to. We don't have to try to like ring anyone. You know, we don't have to like. Let's just go play. We'll go take karaoke. We'll take. We'll take Bill and let's uh, and Jeff Yang, and we'll go play. Oh, I love relax. it. All right. I love that. Let's go to Matt. We'll go Madison club, Baker's Bay, Yellowstone, somewhere at Cabo, you know, and somewhere at chill where no one cares. And no if, cares, if it doesn't go man. well, oh, well. And then if, when I yank one into the house, it doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> we laugh. Just laugh. <laughs> Absolutely. You, know, it, you I mean, know, in this, in this half hour has been great. What did Jim Valvano say? If you laugh, if you think, if you cry, we've done that all yeah. here in this half hour. Yeah. What it, what what a great emotions to be able to share. Thank you guys. Well, Jim, we've loved you through the years, man. You're a good friend. Absolutely. 
All right, folks, we got so much more with Steve Young. Stay with us. Our show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Don't miss K's Valentine's Day sale happening Friday, February 8th through February 14th. Shop now and save on meaningful gifts for those you love most. Celebrate this Valentine's Day and every kiss with Kay. Steve Young is staying with us. I'm Jim Gray along with Tom Brady. Coming up, Larry Fitzgerald and John Elway. It's a packed show right here on Let's Go on Sirius XM. This is former PGA Tour winner Smiley Kaufman. Right now on The Smiley Show, I'm talking to the biggest names in golf, like Max Homa. Golf is in my heart. Like, I, this is mm-hmm. where I go when I'm upset. Ludwig Obert. What I wanted to do was just improve my status and improve my rankings. And Victor Hovland. You really got to be confident in yourself and your abilities to be able to handle that pressure. Download The Smiley Show right now on the all-new SiriusXM app or wherever you get your podcast. That's S-M-Y-L-I-E. Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray along with Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald. Our thanks to the great Steve Young. And we are joined now by a guy who I really admire, tremendous respect. Actually love the guy. Uh, he was a big part of my early career, and uh, I pestered him an awful lot, and we had a lot of fun. John Elway, the great John Elway. John, how you doing, bud? Doing great. Nice to see you guys. Good to have you. Our program is brought to you by American Express. It's easy to get excited about going to the game. You love hearing the sound of the whistle and smelling the game day concessions all the way from your seat. It's the stuff that reminds you of the thrill of the game. And you know that Amex will be with you every step of the way. Because when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Hey, John, as we uh, talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, only you and the Patriots in the past 25 years have been able to repeat. What do you see in them? What do you assess their chances to be? And why is this just so hard to do? Well, it's hard to play. When you're defending champs, it's hard to move. You're on top of the pedestal. So anytime you walk into any opposing team or play an opposing team, you know, you never, you always get their best. They're not sleeping on you because they know they have to play well to, you know, to beat the defending champion. So I think that's number one. I think, you know, number two is keeping the right mindset that you want to be, you want to win it again. And I, my second year, the second year that we won in my last year is we really felt like we were the best team in the league and that if we played like we were capable of, then we could beat everybody and win a world championship again. And so we were able to keep that mindset through the whole year. You know, we end up, we were 13 and 0 at one time and then went to New York and the Giants beat us on a, a late bomb, uh, for a touchdown that ended up beating us. And so then that we kind of kept refocused and then got going in the playoffs. But I think when I look at the chiefs, obviously they're a good football team. They struggled a little bit this year, midway through the, the expectations and everything, but they were struggling a little bit, but I think, or I think Andy Reid's done such a great job is they've saved their best for last. They're playing their best football right now. The last two weeks have been their probably the best two games since for the most of the year. And so I think that's the thing about it's a guy. They have so much experience in conference games and in Super Bowls, and plus they, uh, you know, they've got Patrick Mahomes, who's a great competitor and kind of leads the charge. But I think they're all great competitors, and Andy's kept them going too and got them in right situations on the offensive ball. And then Bagnola's done such a good job on their defensive side that you know they've got better on both sides, and so 
you know, they're playing their best football right now. That's why I think this is going to be such an interesting Super Bowl because, you know, they're both playing their best football. John, just relive for us and tell us what it was like, the helicopter, because that's one of the most vivid and great memories in Super Bowl history. You know, that, that, you know the funny thing about that play is that play went in that week, and I didn't like to play. It went into the red zone. <laughs> I didn't like to play a lot. And I said, you know, Mike said, well, we're going to get, you know, it's against this defense. I said, well, what if we don't get this defense? And it was a coverage because we had, we think we're on the, well, we're on the 12 yard line or something like that. So he said, John, it's a hundred percent of the time you get this coverage <laughs> in this situation down here. It's been a hundred percent of time. I said, all right, well, sure enough, the play comes in. We break the huddle, and sure enough, they're not in that defense. They were in a different <laughs> defense. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, well, I got no chance now, so I just got to wait, let them try to rush. I'll try to find a seam, get outside, you know, and give, give my guys a chance to move around so we at least get the first down because I think it was third and six. So then I got outside was trying to find somebody. They weren't. I looked to see the first down marker was. They were still pretty soft. So I said, all right, well, hell, I'm going to give this a shot. Turned it upfield, and I saw them kind of going low, so I put the big old six-inch vertical on them and just went right over the top. They hit, hit me just right. Six-inch vertical. <laughs> but I would think, you know, it's amazing, like you said, Jim, that, you know, Terrell was the MVP. We ran the ball great. You know, we only had 130 yards, 35 yards passing. But it's funny how those little instances, and Larry knows that this too, is that there are certain things that had happened in the game that people see, that people remember the most, and it usually wasn't how it was planned to be. <laughs> they they end up, you know, being coming from somewhere else, and they're not. It's not how they're planned to be. But uh, this and this is exactly one of those plays, like I said. So, does that stand out the most, or is it the drive, or, or what? What do you think when 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 you revisit your career, and what do you think people think? Uh, well, my, the drive was kind of my coming out party. Cause that was in my fourth year. So that was kind of my coming out party. So, but I think, you know, cause I was older. So I think more people remember the, the helicopter in that, in that Super Bowl than they do the drive. But uh, you know, to me, they both have the same amount of significance and the fact that they were my coming out party and then be able to get that first down. So we could win our first Super Bowl. Hey, John, as we wrap it up, uh, you quit on top, you walked away. Do you think now about the three-peat at all and, and what might have been? Or had you just had enough? Uh, you know, I yeah, I thought about that a lot. Um, but, I, you know, my last year, you know, I had a hamstring where I missed a couple games and I jumped on a fumble down on the goal line. They jumped on top and I hurt some ribs. And, and then, you know, so in that year, I never <laughs> physically never felt great you're always you know the older you get I was 38 at the time I wasn't healing nearly as fast and so going into each game there the ache, if you did get hit the aches and pains from the previous work weren't quite done yet so I think that was kind of the major factor was the fact that I thought I could still play but I didn't want to felt like the body was breaking down a little bit and I didn't want to go back into another year and have to spend the whole year in the in the training room and then hopefully get to games if something would happen and so i I didn't want to have to go and finish my career being half injured the whole time. And so um, decided to walk away. I said, you know what? 
it's not very often that that happens. And so people can always, the last memories they'll have of John Elway is walking away into the sunset with a couple of Super Bowls. And so I thought it was a perfect ending and the right ending for me. Somebody had to sell the cars in Denver, man. Somebody had to, and, 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 and there's no, and there's nowhere as violent on the body selling them cars, man. You know, <laughs> you got that right. You don't get hit. You don't get hit in the dealership. <laughs> you don't. Hey, John, as we let you go, tell the story. You finally win your first Super Bowl, and and there's total elation. And tell the folks what happened on the field in the aftermath. Well, that's what I was gonna. Well, yeah. It's totally lazy. I'm trying to have a, and someone's got, someone's got a hold of me. Larry will not let me go. <laughs> Won't let me go. And I turn around, I go, wham. And I try to hit their arm. Whoever's holding me, I didn't know. It turned out being Jim. He was back. I'm going, he goes, I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go. I said, all right, tell me what I need to do, but don't, okay. don't, don't hold me back anymore. <laughs> and we did the interview on NBC. That's right. I pestered John more than anybody. Back uh, then, and, and he, let me tell you something. This man was terrific. A lot of yeah. terrific grace. He was always terrific. Uh, always had time for, for everybody, really. I would agree, Jim. I, I never forget my first Pro Bowl I made in 2005, and I was down hanging out with the buddies. We were doing silly stuff as 21-year-olds would do, ride mopeds. And I remember John was in the lobby sitting there, you know, just people were coming up, and I – Went up to him, introduced myself to him, and he literally took about 10 minutes with me, John, and um, you know, talked to me about, you know, the preparation, how you can take your game to the next level. And, you know, I always remember really fondly on my experiences there um, and, and just had the ultimate respect for you as a player before then, but as a man, really taking the time to just impart your wisdom and knowledge really meant a lot to me. So, you know, I, I appreciate that. And then the many years of friendship after that has been uh, immensely, immensely joy, enjoyable. I appreciate that very much. You, yeah. Uh, you're the same, Larry, the way that uh, you represent you. yourself as well as the league and, and what you've done. And, Jim, the career that you've had has been tremendous, too. So it's an honor for me to Thank be you. on with you guys today yeah. and, and uh, you know, look forward to some golf here soon, Larry. Yeah. If, if, the, if, you, if you play the way you played in Dubai, you, we might we might want to play for no money, John. <laughs> better, that's for sure. Both of you guys, NFL Man of the Year, both of you guys have given a lot. I want to say this in closing about John. So many guys today and in the past, they give you the Heisman. They're pushing everybody away. John put his arm around you. And I've never forgotten that. I always appreciate it. You made everybody feel good. And uh, not only with your play on the field, but the way you treated everybody off. So thank you, John. It's great to have you on. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you, John. Good seeing you. So Larry, that's the great John Elway. He he really does define the word great. I mean, it's, it's not an exaggeration. No, and and everything he does, um, he exudes that and, and, and lives, lives that way. Like I said, I mean, he's been a tremendous mentor and friend for a long time. Obviously, you've known him a lot longer than I have, but getting to know him like I have over the last few years has been really enjoyable, and uh, he, he personifies greatness in all regards. Let's Go is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. Larry, you'll be out here in Las Vegas and uh, be a part of these festivities. Uh, you've had your Super Bowl experience, so you know what these guys are going through as they get ready for uh, the game. It's a really interesting game. H- how do you see this? Well, Jim, I, these are two really evenly matched teams, um, but if you're not, you're going to hold my feet to the fire. 
than the Kansas City Chiefs and, and what they've been able to do. Um, John alluded to it. They are playing their best football of the year. And, um, you know, there was a lot of concerns that we saw early in, earlier in the season, you know, mishaps, turnovers, breakdowns of communication. And we haven't seen any of those in the last three weeks. And, you know, they, they can continue to play at the level they've been playing and nothing in my mind, you know, would, would allude to the fact that they would change, you know, given Andy Reid two weeks to prepare, given some of their guys opportunity to get, to get healthy, uh, to be able to compete. You know, this is a, a Kansas City Chiefs team that is experienced and they have the best player on the field in Patrick Mahomes. You referenced with John all of those terrific, spectacular players that the 49ers have. What, in your mind, will one of them or all of them have to do to change the complexion of this game and reverse course of what you just said? I don't think they have to do anything special. I think the 49ers offense will, will have success. Uh, my concern has been with the 49ers defense. You know, if you go back and you look at that, that, that Green Bay uh, performance, uh, the way they didn't stop the run, um, at times the way uh, – Jordan Love was able to complete passes with ease. You know, he he made two ill-advised throws in that game that essentially cost his team um, the chance to, to win. And then you look last week, uh, you know, against the matchup with Detroit Lions, they were completely outclassed in that first half. Had it not been for uh, coaching decisions not to take points when they, when they should have, that game looks a lot different. And so I, I need to see the 49ers perform at a much higher level defensively uh, to give anybody the confidence that, that they can stop, you know, what what the Chiefs have done. Um, they've been they've been unstoppable thus far in the playoffs. The 49ers have looked pretty pedestrian, if I'm, if I'm going to call a spade a spade. And Vegas, baby, Vegas. This place is ready to turn it out and, and, and show off. Uh, who would have ever thought that a Super Bowl would be in Las Vegas. And now that it's here, it feels great. I mean, it's just uh, it's a tremendous atmosphere here. It does. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, that's what you want. Vegas always has energy, Jim. But then you add the, the largest event in, in North America uh, and one of the largest in the world to the city. You know, it, it, it ratchets it up tenfold. Larry, have a great time in Las Vegas. We will see you on Sunday. And then we will talk to you as we wrap up the season. Next Monday right here on Let's Go. I look forward to it, Jim. It's always a pleasure and uh, have a great time. See you Sunday. That's Larry Fitzgerald. Well, you know, Tom Brady and TB12 has always been about health and wellness. To be the best you can be with no bull. So now they've merged with no bull, a training sneaker and apparel brand. So get better every day. Go to nobullproject.com or tb12.com with no BS. Go to nobullproject.com. You can hear our full-length interviews with Steve Young and John Elway right now on the SiriusXM app, included with all SiriusXM trials and popular plans. Just search Let's Go. And thanks to our noble producer, the great Snake Hagen, for all of his help. And to our sponsors, Delta, American Express, K Jewelers, Mastro Steakhouse, Casamigos Tequila, Chevron, No Bull, and Golden Nugget Hotel and Casino. Let's Go with Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions and Shadow Lion. 
Listen to the full version of Let's Go every week wherever you get your podcasts and on the SiriusXM app, included with all SiriusXM trials and popular plans. Just search Let's Go. Now for Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald with a special thanks to Steve Young and John Elway. I'm Jim Gray. Thanks so much for joining us. And we will talk to you again next week right here on Let's Go, a wrap-up of the Super Bowl on Sirius XM. Sirius XM Podcasts.